Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. I'm gonna get right into it and I have to tell you off the bat, the most important thing we can do for ourselves is to recognize opportunity and to capitalize on momentum when we feel it. Do you ever feel that you are on the cusp of just a major kind of breakthrough uh, on the cusp of significant momentum? you know, really kind of outpacing uh, the person you used to be. Uh, you've, you've made a lot of changes. You've been dedicated. You've been committed, okay? And you are at that point in your life where things are starting to shift and it's starting to kind of snowball in the right way, okay? And this might be a new job. This might be your business starts exploding. This might be, you know, you're actually finally dating the right person. You know, you're losing weight. You know, any of these things, okay? If you're like 35, 40, 45 around there, these changes cannot be taken lightly. And the reason I wanted to mention that is because I'm in the middle of of one of those. Now, there's levels to this, but I'm just really kind of crossing the Rubicon on some really good levels right now. And I want to share a story with you that hopefully not only resonates, but reminds you of, of when to actually stay in the moment and to appreciate the progress. Now, here's a quick backstory. I got invited uh, to speak at a conference called Video Marketing World uh, not long ago, and that was actually a week ago I was speaking at it. But I got invited a few months back. I was super thrilled for the opportunity, and I was like, finally, you know, I'm I'm getting something other than virtual speaking engagements, which is kind of hard given, you know, the the state of things right now uh, here in October 2021. But I was like, bet, like I was so pumped about it got, you know, the hotel booked, got uh, my flight booked. And of course, I'm going to stay for the whole conference. I'm going for the whole conference. I'm going to meet the other speakers, going to network and just to do what I said I was going to do. And then uh, the organizer who also happens to help consult with me on YouTube said to me, hey, there's an opening for the VIPs if you wanted to teach on video podcasting, how to start a video podcast. I'm like, oh man, that would be perfect. I'm like, how long do I have? In my mind, I'm like, an hour would be great. He's like three and a half hours. And I'm just like, holy shit. And of course I could fill up three and a half hours, but I definitely didn't want to do it alone, knowing the length of time it would require. I'm like, let me bring in my friend, Heather, uh, ask her to fly down and join me because we have a podcast that we started, NFTs for Newbies. At the time of this recording, uh, I believe right now we're about 200 downloads away from 20,000 downloads in just 12 episodes. So I asked her to come down to keep the energy right and all these other things. And then I knew on the last day of the conference, I would be speaking after uh, Chris Gronkowski, who's a keynote. Now, a couple things changed, but either way, like my spirits were up. Okay. Like if you were in that situation and again, like it doesn't have to be like something exactly like this, but if you just had an opportunity, of course, you're going to be looking forward to this. Of course, you're going to want to deliver. And of course, you're just going to obviously be flattered that you've been invited to contribute. So all was well. And again, so I added that extra day on because I was going to be doing that workshop, which means I was going to be away for more like four days than three. And for me, that's a big deal because I love my daughters. Okay. I love my daughters. I love my family. I was like, okay, like you got to make it worth it. Well, here's what happened. I landed and I realized, well, I'm not going to rent a car. Uh, So let me Uber. And then as I was going to Uber, I typed in the name of the hotel and I realized, oh, there's a couple with that name. So let me make sure I I go into Google. So I go into Google and this hotel had like two stars. I don't know, however many hundred reviews and had two stars. I'm now in the Uber and I start scrolling and it is just like unbelievable. Like some of the comments, people talking about the elevator, people talking about the AC, people talking about the room falling apart. Just all kinds of things. 
I'm just like, I don't know, Google's kind of hit or miss. So I go to Yelp and yeah, a lot of the same shit. It was like, damn, I was like, it better not be that bad. And the thing that really caught my attention was the fact that a lot of the positive reviews were one line reviews, meaning it's probably fake or bots or bullshit or someone who got paid to do it. All right, I'm, trust me, like this all matters, okay? Trust me, this all matters, the context matters. So right then, right then, my mind started to shift. And my mind started to shift into like, this hotel better not be as bad as these people say it is. Like that's where my mind was at. And just like a little background, like I've traveled a ton during the pandemic. Business has been fantastic. And uh, it has allowed me to stay in better places and take better flights and all that. So I would kind of say like, there's a small part of me that's used to a little bit nicer than usual. Okay. So, you know, here we are getting this information and I, in my mind, I'm like, it better not be that way. I get there, we pull up, I'm just like, this is it. And I was just like, damn, like, like number one, there's nothing around here. Number two, this looks like beat up. I'm like, all right, here we go. Get my stuff, go into the hotel. And then there's the guy at the front and he's talking to another staff member who's not a receptionist or anything like that. I think she just works uh, in the restaurant or cleaning or I don't know what. And like, literally they just keep having a conversation and flirting. And I'm like, I'm right fucking here. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, come on. Then I check in go to my room and he gave me the card. It's at 11th floor. And again, I let the negative seep in. I'm like, all these complaints about the elevator and I'm on the 11th floor. I'm like, oh man, like I'd rather just be on the second floor, third floor. That way I know I could just walk down the stairs if I need to. So I get to my room and it was kind of weird, man. As soon as I walked in, I'm just like, I wouldn't walk in here barefoot ever. Like I, I just looked around and was like, I wouldn't. Like there was kind of what my sister calls the ick factor. You ever had the ick factor where you're just like not feeling it and you're like, dude, I don't, I, I can't, like, I don't know if I could sleep comfortably in here. So all this was permeated by the fact that I had been reading those reviews. So then I'm like clicking some lights. I'm like, that doesn't work. I'm like, why is the air on blasting this hard? And it says it's, you know, 70 degrees or 69 degrees in this room when it actually feels a lot warmer. You know, I, I think it was psychosomatic. And I was like, okay, opened up curtains, windows, kind of nasty. Uh, I was like, wait a second, where's the remote? I never even watched TV really at hotels, but I was looking for the remote. Like I all of a sudden became fixated on trying to get the remote. So I'm like looking for the remote, looking for the remote. There's no remote. Again, some of the lights don't work and whatever. And I start texting Heather. I'm like, you don't want to stay here because Heather's coming tomorrow the next day. And I'm like, you don't want to stay here. And then I was texting my sister because I knew how she was about the ick factor. And I literally was just kind of asking for advice. So basically my sister's like, just give it a night. And I'm like, okay. And here I am, actually, I think I talked to her on the phone and she's laughing. And as I was talking to her on the phone, I look up and I see something. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I didn't know, like, I couldn't understand if like they painted and covered it or I don't know what. So then I was just like, took a picture of it and I was grossed out. I'm like, that's right above the bed type thing. And I called my wife. She's like, oh, clearly people were trying to smoke in there and they just, you know, rigged the smoke alarm. And I'm like, what kind of place is this? So I go down to the receptionist. I'm like, hey man, here's the thing. Uh, I'm not asking to switch rooms because I don't even know if I'm going to stay here. But I was like, I just want you to know this wasn't me. And also I need a remote for the TV. So he gives me a remote. 
there's like a drawer. He gets a bunch of remotes out, puts in some batteries. And of course I go upstairs and the remote doesn't work. The batteries are probably old as shit. So all the stuff started mounting up and this is all trivial, right? This is all small things. Uh, I mean, I was a Marine. I used to sleep outside in the field. I used to, I've been in combat. I've done a lot of things where I could sleep anywhere and function with anything and need minimal things. But for whatever reason, recently during my travels, I had gotten a little bit used to some of the nicer things. But more importantly, the biggest factor to me was I had this opportunity, but I'm like, if I'm going to be away from my family, I need to be somewhere that's going to optimize my performance and my sleep and whatever. Okay. Like I need to be able to deliver. And I do mean that like, this is absolutely unbelievably important to me to do so. So I'm like anything that's going to potentially throw that off or derail that I'm not cool with. I'm not okay with it. Okay. So I really started making up my mind and I was, I was just kind of pissed off. I never actually even took my backpack off. Like I had my suitcase, but I never took my backpack off that had uh, some things in it. And I'm just like, I think I'm going to have to go somewhere else. So I start looking around at other hotels and then I'm just like, okay, yeah, I could afford that. I could afford that. Now the hotel was paid for by the organizers. And I was like, you know, maybe I could cut a deal with them be like, give me what you would have paid for these nights and I'll apply it to this and I'll, I'll cover the rest of myself. And then I said to myself, well, shit, you know, if that's 10 minutes away or whatever, and I'm going to be teaching and I'm going to be attending, like, then I'm going to have to Uber back and forth every day. And look, man, like if you're at a conference and you're staying at the hotel, it's clearly very, it's very much a plus to go up to your room whenever you want. Like maybe you get tired, maybe you got to go to the bathroom and you're like, I'm not going downstairs. I want to go to my room, whatever it is. Like you want the room as close as possible. So Ubering back and forth, I'm like, that might just even add on more. So I was just kind of like in this stupid, ridiculous, negative, Nate, negative Nancy type of mode. Have you ever been there? Okay. Where you let the influence of others really kind of take the focus away from what you were there to do. Cause that's what happened to me. Now, before I decided ultimately on what I was going to do, I went down to where the main ballroom was and some of the rooms where there was going to be teaching. And this is what changed everything. I saw people setting up. I saw staff wearing their conference t-shirts, setting up. This is not hotel staff. This is not outside staff. This is part of the staff for the actual conference itself. A little bit younger and they were hustling. They were doing things. They were visualizing. And I was like, okay, like I was just thinking like, that's so awesome. This is one of those things where people, you know, it might not be the sexiest job, but they, they had, they very likely share the same vision as the founders, as the founder of the conference and the partners and owners of the conference. And, you know, for whatever reason, like I started to think a little bit differently, but then I walked into the ballroom. I saw, you know, the stage, uh, I saw, you know, uh, some of the things I saw the tables and I went right to the front of the stage and I looked out and I just imagined all the people sitting there. I imagined how I was going to deliver. I imagined, you know, people smiling or people walking away with tangible takeaways. I also imagined people who would be disinterested or on their phone. I imagined all the things that go into this. And then I went into the room where I would be teaching uh, the VIPs on video podcasting. And then it just clicked. This is what I'm here to fucking do. Okay. I'm not here to bitch about my hotel. I'm not here to worry about this or that. The only thing I need to be worried about is serving. I got invited. I have an opportunity and I need to capitalize on that opportunity and to serve people because that is part of my personal brand is to serve, is to give you something that is going to help you, you as a listener, you as a conference attendee, you as someone who's watching any of my videos, 
all of it. Like the whole thing is not just for, you know, my own edification. It is to serve. It is to give. It is to help. It is to move you further along. It is to give you some momentum. And if I let my mind continue to get clouded by some of these, you know, reviews and the hotel and the location and all this other shit, then I would be focused on that. And then I started thinking about all the people that I've interviewed. I started thinking about people, especially who've been to video marketing world or have spoken at video marketing world in the past. I was thinking about Sean Cannell. Okay. I was thinking about Shalene Johnson, who I've interviewed and met. I was thinking about Pat Flynn, who I've interviewed and met. I was thinking about Gary Vee, who I've interviewed and met. And you know what these people do? They focus on the people. At least in my mind, I would like to believe that they did not let some of the factors that I was letting affect me affect them. And it flipped me out of it instantaneously. I mean, I was already on my way out of that negative mindset, but that really helped me. I'm like, if those are the people that influence me, if those are the people that I'm inspired by, if those are the people who are setting the example to me, then I need to set the fucking example. And that is simply focusing on you. So look, don't let the things permeate that have no business being in your mind or in your actions when you are feeling that momentum, okay? If you are pulling away from a toxic relationship and things are not going so well and you are literally inching and inching and inching and inching your way out of it. You know, sometimes it takes longer than uh, others. And sometimes you get pulled back in. Okay, you get pulled back in by a random act of kindness or love or generosity or a a long talk on a late night. Or maybe you've had some drinks and maybe you're like, you know, maybe maybe, uh, he's all right after all. You know, whatever it is. Don't ignore the momentum that you have. If you are in the middle of weight loss, don't reward yourself too early. If you are, you know, logging miles each week as part of your cardio regimen or whatever, and you've really felt good and it's Friday and you're like, I could probably take a day off. Don't. That's like me getting to the hotel and saying like, I deserve better. Fuck that. Keep going. You have to keep going. That is the only way this is going to work. So I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you with recognizing the opportunity, recognizing momentum when you feel it. And it is all a byproduct of not only what you believe, but how, much, how disciplined you are and how dedicated you are to making that ultimate goal happen. Okay, for me, it's building a business. For me, it's being influential. For me, it's teaching people how to podcast. It's teaching people how to, you know, get content creation. And by people, I mean middle-aged people. I am the midlife entrepreneur. It is my absolute desire to help people who are not where I am, but a couple years away from where I am to just help them avoid the potholes and the pitfalls, okay, through content like this. So if that's what I want to do, then the fact that the hotel didn't have Red Bull in their little uh, snack area doesn't fucking matter at all. At all. So recognize opportunity. Don't ignore your momentum. Jump on that momentum and say there's more. You can always always do more. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I would really love to get some of your feedback. We are going to be pivoting here very, very shortly from the leadership locker to the midlife entrepreneur. I would love for you to come along with the ride. I would love for you to share this episode with anyone who you know, who's stuck, who's pissed, who's angry, who's ready for change, because I think they're going to benefit from a lot of what we got coming down the pipe. See you next time.